Si el ritmo te lleva a mover la cabeza y empezamos como es Mi música no discrimina a nadie así que vamos a romper Con lo mío todos se mueven, la fiesta la llevo en mis genes Yo soy la reina de los nenes, mi gente no se detiene aquí nadie se quiere Bienvenidos a Radio Menea, I'm Miriam Soila Pérez And I'm Vero Valletti Flores And on this podcast, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative jams featuring Latinx artists, usually around a theme. But today we've got a really, really amazing guest with us. We have Tamara Santibanez. Welcome. Thank you so much Yay. for having me. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> yes. um, we were, were both, all of us are a little bit fangirling and hopefully mm -hmm. it's, like, you know, Yeah, just totally. not too it's coming yeah, out too much over here. <laughs> I I am so excited to be on this podcast. I listen to it mm. all the time in the studio. So yeah. <laughs> amazing. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Tamara, can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, so uh, I live here in Brooklyn, and I am a, a visual artist. I'm also a tattoo artist. I work at a shop called Saved Tattoo out of Brooklyn, and I'm also an independent publisher, and I run um, a publishing imprint called Discipline Press. Yes, y'all, we're going to talk a little bit more about all of that later mm -hmm. on, and it's so, so cool, all the work that Tamara does, so you all need to check it out. Um, and the way that we thought about this episode, you know, obviously Tamara is doing a lot of really amazing work and art. Uh, so we wanted to know what, uh, what she was playing, you know, like in the shop, like while she's painting, while you're doing art. And we yeah. are starting with this Jay Balvin featuring, uh, oh, yeah. Beyonce. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Mi gente. <laughs> Oh my you know, god, it's, yes. It's funny because Veto and I were like, neither of us were huge fans of this song. I remember we went to the show, we were probably like, okay, like it's all right, yeah, but this it's like fine. not the reggaeton or whatever. But then when Beyonce came into the picture, it was like a whole different story. Dead. It's a game changer. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Like, I mean, I do love J Balvin for sure. Yes. But I. And it's funny, ever since I thought about bringing this song on, in the last week, this song has been following me everywhere. It's <laughs> in every car that's driving by, I hear the oh, intro man. that's so distinctive. It's the um, surveillance network, they know. <laughs> 100% my iPhone is just like pinging it at every turn. But, mm -hmm. the, but, but yeah, I mean, I am absolutely so gratified to hear Beyonce Spanish because oh, it's pretty God. flawless. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so much better than... Justin Bieber's. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Puts him <laughs> so to shame. Puts him to shame. Yeah. To so um, much shame. Yeah, I heard I heard that Beyonce worked with this uh, person to like just get it right. And you know, like how Beyonce is like, you know, so driven and so like gonna do everything perfect. And I heard that she brought all of that to get her accent right. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. I guess we would expect nothing less from Beyonce. Nothing right. less. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, But yeah, I read that they also donated all the money that was made from the song to Puerto Rico to, Relief. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I know. Yeah. So many people stepping up. Neither of them are Puerto Rican, right? It's like, but there's just this solidarity no. that's really amazing. That's right. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And now, like, we can't depend on, like, FEMA. We need, like, no, Beyonce to save so, us. So <laughs> sad. <laughs> so sad. Tamara, I have a question for you about this song. So one of the reasons I love Jay Balvin is because he has so many feelings. And I'm, like, on Team oh, Feelings, yeah. which we talk about a lot. So I, I think inquiring minds want to know, are you on Team Feelings? 
I think I am on team feelings, especially this week. I don't know if it's Scorpio season or what, but I'm so sensey and I'm like crying at every turn. Oh, yay. Oh. Well, well, maybe Perez will send you a team feelings t-shirt. <laughs> awesome. I do. I did. I made myself and then a now ex-boyfriend a team feelings t-shirt out of like markers and tape. I mean, it was very basic, but <laughs> okay, really, I would wear that. Really repping it, repping it hard. So I figured maybe you might be on the team. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm team like figuring out where my feelings are. <laughs> they're in there somewhere. <laughs> totally legitimate and fair. No shame to anybody in their relationship to feelings, but Jay Balvin is definitely senior feelings, and I really like. Oh him my god, it. yeah, he does. <laughs> the other day, I saw I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw that he there's a video of him freeing baby sea turtles Stop. into the ocean. I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh my god. And then. And then followed, like, a few hours later by our picture of him meditating. And I sent it to Veto, and I was just like, if he's gay, like, he's the perfect man. I don't even know what. Oh, my God. I know. But Veto doesn't Jay Balvin would totally get gay. hired at my work. I, I yeah. always joke that it's a job requirement that you have to be, like, into meditation or, like, re- restorative yoga to yeah, be something. Yeah. All that works at same. So at <laughs> Jay Balvin probably your tattoo qualifies. Shop? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Why do you amazing. Why, does, why is that a requirement for working at your shop? Um the shop so the shop is owned the the two owners now are um our partners Stephanie Tamez um who's Mexican American mm-hmm. and um Virginia Elwood are the two owners and there's a lot of women who work there. It's definitely the most diverse shop that I've ever worked at or really been in. Um and I think there's three. We just hired another guy. So there are these three guys. But <laughs> they're guys who, like, love reading bell hooks and, like, Good. are astrologers. Oh That's so what we love. They're amazing. amazing. <laughs> and they're really talented. So Saved tattoo, y'all. That's where you want to go get your ink. I have to tell you tomorrow that when we were, Veto and I were talking about this episode, I was like, can we record it at the tattoo shop? I like was really oh, yeah. obsessed with this like, like on the scene sort of like journalistic thing with like tattoo buzzing in the, in the background. But Veto was like, I think that's impractical. And I was like, okay. Oh yeah. I think I it would like, be really fun, like but probably really hard for you guys. Yeah. Maybe when we like invest in field equipment, we can like do a minito at the shop. Oh, oh that would I be would fun. Love that. And we can we get have, some, like, We have a good music selection at the shop too. That would be great, yeah. yeah. On the scene at the shop, we could get some like background material with the buzzing of yeah. the of the tattoos and all that, because that's that's what Betis was like. The buzzing, we need to get the <laughs> buzzing. Know, it's, it's very, it's, it's very distinctive, so cool. <laughs> unmistakable. And then like Veto getting a tattoo, she was all like, "Oh, we should just get like whatever tattoos." And I was like, "Veto, I don't have any tattoos. My first can't be like a whatever tattoo." So. But sometimes it's easier to do it that way for your first one. It's you true. So? Just like get it out of the way. Yeah, right. yeah. You just break the seal. Well, t- <laughs> that's t- right. Will you tell us about your first tattoo? Is there a story there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's a story. <laughs> yes. It's us, some type of story. <laughs> so I, I kind of. I mean, I'm happy that I did it this way now because it does give me a good story, especially mm-hmm. to tell people when I'm doing their first tattoos. Mm-hmm. But I got my first tattoo when I, I was 17 mm-hmm. in my hometown, and it was at a bar during a show. <laughs> I think it was a friend's band that was playing. But for some reason, there was they were doing twenty dollar tattoos at the show wow. and yes which which in retrospect seems crazy yeah mm-hmm. uh 
<laughs> but yeah, I didn't have any and I was like, fuck it, I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> and and now I've kind of come around to seeing it. Like, do you know that episode of Freaks and Geeks where Daniel gets his nose pierced at oh, the punk yeah. show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a little embarrassingly <laughs> like that where I was like, oh yeah, I'll get a tattoo. And I, and I was with a friend at the time. So we got friend tattoos and it was oh. on the inside of my lip. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> but, uh, That's your first yeah. tattoo was in your lip? Yeah, because I thought I was being really slick and that I would be able to hide it from my mom. And so, but okay, so then what happened is that the next time I went to the dentist. Oh my God. She's she's a friend of the family. So we're we're in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the car on the way home and my mom is like, Tamarita. Yeah. Ella me dijo que tienes un tatuaje en la boca. You have a tattoo in your mouth. And I was like. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, that's, <laughs> I can't lie. That's wild. It reminds me. It reminds me of a similar story. But um, let's. Why don't we bring up the next song before we keep talking? Because otherwise, we won't get to the music. So. <laughs> All right, sure. So uh, the next song, I'm really excited to bring this artist because we haven't brought them before, and I think it's time for them to be on. Um, This is uh, Kid Frost, and uh, the song is called Yes Tubo. Man, you gotta at least tell me what y'all stubo mean. What do that mean? Man, y'all stubo means that's it. That's all. It's all over for you, man. Porque no hay mejor estilo en este tipo de canción Yo voy a subir, voy a volar con un avión Y no me puedes parar porque estoy lleno de acción Yo tengo la fuerza para hacer una propuesta Que tiene valor para batalla como esta No vas a ganar, lado de mí eres chavala Mi boca es la pistola, te voy a llenar de balas Si eres enemigo, pues oye lo que digo Yo vivo positivo, no nunca negativo Yo amo lo que hago porque digo lo que quiero Porque todo lo que digo es verdad y todo cierto Yo creo en mí, por eso estoy aquí you brought this song oh yeah so i i love kid frost i love this whole album um this one i think is on hispanic causing panic which is an amazing album title Mm -hmm. um i mean even though i know people don't really use hispanic to describe you know that's like (laughs) a a debated a debated it was a different time yeah that was the 90s yeah um but yeah, I, I definitely go on these kicks of the sort of early to mid-90s, like Chicano power, brown power, rap, um, which is a genre that I love, and it, and it yes. feels really affirming now, especially in this time period. It's like very fight the power. Totally. Um, and and there are some major hits on from from Kid Frost. I mean, he well, I think he just goes by Frost now. Mm-hmm. And he still he plays shows and makes Frost, music. Um, but the yeah, I think La Raza is the most well-known yeah, one. That's the um, one that I know. And then the title track, Hispanic Causing Panic, mm-hmm. is also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's very like boombastic. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I love this one because I just love the the flavor. I love like the little like background sounds, and I love the switching from from English to Spanish in the verses. And I love how I love the attitude where he's like. He's like, oh, you think I can't kick it in Spanish? Or That's you think right. I can't kick it in English? Watch me. Here we go. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, just duo. You know, like, this is what it is. Right. Um, yeah, I am really glad. We, this is episode is going to be heavy on this genre. So I'm really excited to, like, be talking about it with the Chicana and mm-hmm. bringing this, like, awesome 90s hip hop that I feel like maybe it's because I'm on the East Coast, but, like, it, people in my, like, circles aren't always, like, bringing this up and listening to this isn't, like, part of, like, the cultural lexicon that I'm around a ton. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like it's not, maybe it's, in California it's a totally different story, but this, like, very specific, you know, early 90s, uh, you know, Chicano power hip-hop that was, like, a huge deal and mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Um, I'm glad that we, uh, that we're bringing that. Yeah. And this reminded me a lot of Mellow Man A's, um, and we brought mm. Mejirosa. Ooh, another favorite. Yeah, yes. I know totally. you guys did that one. I love yeah. that song. We brought his song Mentirosa to the Spanglish episode, I think it was. So yeah, I mean, I think they're from the same era, and also they were both in LA, mm-hmm. although they're, you know, Menti- Mellow Man A's is Cuban, um, Cuban-American, and... Uh, and Kid Frost is Chicano, but it had a really similar sound and vibe. So it was like... Yeah, like yeah. It's the same sort of like it. sauce that everybody mm-hmm. was in, you know? Yeah. Like it's different sounds, but everybody's sort of like in that yeah. general area. I love yeah. the Spanglish totally. episode too. I love the Spanglish mm-hmm. theme in general that runs through this yes. show. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I was almost a little nervous to come onto the show, too, because my, I mean, I grew up speaking Spanish. I learned Spanish mm-hmm. and English at the same time, and uh, Spanish was the primary language that we yeah. spoke in my house, like, with my mom always, but mm-hmm. I think, like, a lot of kids who are the children of immigrants, as soon as you start going to school, and as soon as you move yeah, out of your parents' yeah. house, yeah. then you're like, oh, my God, where is my Spanish? Mm-hmm. And especially when I moved to New York, speaking or hearing uh, Dominican and Puerto right. Rican Spanish, I was like, oh my God, did I forget Spanish already? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's so real. <laughs> yeah, Mara, so totally... Spanish is definitely like the official language. Yeah. I, I totally feel you because I also grew up in North Carolina and you grew up in Atlanta, right? Or in Georgia, not Atlanta? Where yeah, yeah, in Georgia. Georgia. I'm um, in Athens, so, like, Georgia. In Athens. So growing up in the South, I feel like when we were kids, like there were not a lot of Latinos, at least in no. where I was, right? So it's like a very no. confusing, confusing thing. And then I remember going to college and like Spanish was my first language. I didn't speak English till mm-hmm. I went to school, like at five or something. But I remember going to college for the first time and being with like Latinos who grew up in New York City and feeling so inadequate about like how I even pronounced my own name that I was just like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Like I, I just like, I felt, and I also like relate Aww. to some of this. I know. And I relate to some of the things I've, like I saw you, there's a great Remescla profile of tomorrow that we'll post on the, in the show notes. Um, I read through that and like some of your stuff around being like light skin and mixed race, which I also am and not really mm-hmm. feeling like you get red, um, except in places like LA. And I feel that also in Miami that there's like a, where I feel like people don't yeah. think twice about who I am or like whether I speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I totally feel you on oh, a yeah. lot of that. Oh. Oh, I could talk about this all day about being from the South and being Latina. So yeah. we can talk mm-hmm. we can talk later. But I mm-hmm. I yeah. think you're so right. And I and I actually have been tracking the demographics of where I grew up and the, the high school where I, I went was at that time pretty fifty fifty split between black and white students. Mm-hmm. And there was maybe like an eight percent other. Mm-hmm. And now it's actually shifted quite a bit. So I think it's 
almost creeping up on 50-50 Latino and black students and white wow. students are the wow. minority there, which is yeah. interesting. Wow. That's that's true, totally true in where I grew up too, that there's like a much bigger Latino population and Spanish immersion this and Spanish immersion that, which is mostly for the white kids who want to be bilingual, uh-huh. but um, but yeah, I had a similar, and I saw that well, shift happen. Well, the South as a kid. is a place where there's a huge growth in Latinos right now. Mm-hmm. There's actually an episode or a series, I think, maybe in Latino USA in the last few weeks of um, Latinos in the South. Oh, cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you should definitely check it out because it's really cool. It's like where um, there's just like so much growth of Latinos. Places like, you know, LA and New York are really gentrifying Mm -hmm. and have become like really expensive for for folks that haven't been here long term. And so a lot of new immigrants are going to the South and the Midwest. So shout out all of our Southern and Midwestern non-coastal listeners out there. Yeah. And a lot of folks just, I mean, the, where I grew up, a lot of the folks were immigrating straight from Central America to North Carolina because of mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. and construction and farming and just different economic stuff. So it's not even just people leaving urban centers, but actually like show, arriving in the U.S. in like, you know, bumfuck North Carolina and the intense like yeah. politics of that and the economic stuff and the races. I mean, it's really, it's real it's for sure. It's really interesting yeah. and cool and like... I don't know. I'm excited for like the next 40 to 50 years of culture that'll come out from like Latinos in the South. Mm. I feel like that's going to be so cool. Oh yeah. It's such an interesting intersection Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Should we get to the next song? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the next song that Tamara brought for us is Enrique Guzman. And uh, it's the song is called Tu Cabeza en Mi Hombro. Tu Cabeza en Mi Hombro Quiero yo tener siempre Acariciame cielo Si me quieres tú Quiero tener tus labios Demuestra que me Yeah, so this song is, I mean, what can I say about this song? It is mm. so romantic. Classic. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, it makes my heart, yeah, we'll talk about team feelings, right? <laughs> this is like, yes. this is like, this is like una canción de amor, like so yeah. classic. Just and sappy and like slow and a slow dance. And totally yeah. for like a dance. Totally school for, like, dance. the couple's dance. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I love his his music in general, and I think I, sometimes I'll put it on at work, and mm-hmm. I think I can just let it go all day. Um, but there's also something so satisfying about hearing these what are considered to be a kind of American classics yeah, being yeah, sung totally. in Spanish and being adapted for Spanish. Mm-hmm. And he was known for that, right? For like doing all of these like uh, 
translated songs, right? Yeah, like I think he, Jailhouse Rock is one of yeah, his best known ones. Yeah, yeah. So um, he, you know, he was like a pioneer of rock and roll in Mexico, um, and he would do all of these songs. And it's it is it's so cool to like see all you know to see both the impact that that music had in Mexico, and then like seeing like people make it their own, right? And seeing him make it this their own it's so and this song is it's just beautiful i really love it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so fun fact when i was looking at his wikipedia i saw that he was actually born in venezuela uh he was born in venezuela (laughs) to mexican parents yeah i saw that too yeah he was born to mexican parents but in venezuela and was there until he was 12 so he probably Mm. like knew what an arepa was you know, and then like <laughs> went back to Mexico and like you know continued on the important thing after he was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tamara, did you grow up with music in your house? That I, that's actually a question that I've been asking myself in preparation for coming on the mm-hmm. podcast mm. because I was trying to think about stuff that I remember hearing when I was growing up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of songs because because I came really close to just p- picking nostalgia heavy songs. Mm, like mm-hmm. there's certain ones that I really really associate with certain time periods, mm-hmm. like um, you know, like old Shakira or yeah, like yeah. uh, you know, like songs of my my youth mm-hmm. or like or like that one Juanes song. Yeah, like, <laughs> that I just remember driving with my cousins in Mexico, yeah, like in yeah. the car, listening to that. Um, or like um, what's oh my god, what's that one party song? Like let's catch up. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should definitely bring that someday. Oh my God! So I think, yeah. So I I think a lot of my memories around music are very uh, sort of like event centric. Yeah, Um, yeah. Because we didn't have that much music in my house. My mom actually is a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, so we listen to a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Okay, (laughs) that's legit. That's legit. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, I saw that, that you told Remescla that your mom's actually not against your tattoos, which I was really surprised by, just because of the stereotypes about Latina moms. But oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, she. I talk with this about my clients all the time. We always have that have the like. So, what do your parents think of tattoos? Yeah, talk. Because yeah. um, so many of my clients are Latinx, mm-hmm. but uh, but my mom is very chill. I mean, I think that's part of why she came to the U.S. at such a young age was mm-hmm. that she was really. Uh, maybe felt a little bit oppressed by traditionalism yeah. and was enamored of the idea of like American rock and roll <laughs> lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she's extremely easygoing. I think um, the tattoo thing, she really could not care less about at this point because yeah. she sees that I have a job. Like yeah, she, yeah. I remember there was this right. one time that my mom um, called me on the phone she leaves me these amazing voicemails, by the way, which I don't know if do this. But my mom, oh my God, one time she called me and she left me a voicemail just to be like, hola, te quiero mucho, just saying hi. And then she called me back 30 seconds later and was like, I forgot to tell you, el chisme de la familia, numero uno. Like, guess what happened? Numero dos. And it was like a five-minute five long voicemail. But she left me one one time and she was like, Tamarita, te busqué en Google? And there's like 10 pages of results. And I was like, she was like, I'm wow. so tan orgullosa de ti. I'm so proud of you that you have so many Google hits. Oh like, my God. All, like, you're all, all over Google. And that was like a big moment for I her. Like that she knew to Google you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's she, yeah, adorable. So I, does she have any tattoos? 
No, she doesn't have any. And she's always saying that she'll get one. Um, she yeah. has a lot of surgery scars on her stomach. And yeah. she mm-hmm. said, hopefully she's not mad that I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, but she always says that she wants to cover it. Mm. And then she wants to get a big snake to cover Ooh. it. Which oh, my is God. Pretty, it's pretty I bad to she bone. lets you do it. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty, pretty badass. I don't know so if she I doesn't... could tattoo my, my mom. I think I would be really nervous. <laughs> So unlike Vero and Mai's mommy, she doesn't have tattooed eyebrows or anything like that? (laughs) You know, she doesn't. She actually, another voicemail she left me one day was that she wanted to go get her eyeliner tattooed at this place (laughs) in my hometown that's really shady. It's called the Midnight Iguana. Oh, Oh, wow. Uh, She called me and she was like, my coworker got her eyeliner at the Midnight Iguana and it's only $300. Should I do it? And I had to call her immediately like, don't do that, mom. Um, but no, she doesn't have it. A couple of my aunts, I think, have a tattooed eyeliner. Oh my but god! No, she doesn't have any of them. She really wants her eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally. what my mom did like years ago. Years ago. Mm-hmm. But she's against. That's the but one. she's against me getting a tattoo. I'm like, okay. I know. Mm-hmm. It's like, mom, you have a face tattoos, but okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, my mom gave up on tattoos. She's like, there's so many worse things you could get into. It's like that's fine. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I was yeah. really good. I was like a golden child. I got really mm. good grades. Yeah. I've mm. like never done drugs in my life. Uh-huh. So I think she was like, that, she's like, it's, okay, if this fine. is the thing, this yeah. is a fine thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, my yeah, mom's totally. feelings about tattoos are like. A significant bear. Like, I've been thinking about my first one for, like, years. I even had Veto, like, draw the idea. It, it's words. Um, and I even had Veto, like, draw it on me during Afropunk weekend, like, last year to oh, sort yeah. of, like, play with it. Yeah. And I... I don't know. I mean, it's not just her. It's also just like, I feel like I don't yet know exactly what it should look like. And I'm like, not somebody who's going to like rush into it. And maybe at this point I'm overthinking it because it's been like four years, but, but her like dislike of it is definitely yeah. resistance. And now she's going to hear this podcast. So maybe she'll tell me it's not a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe she'll <laughs> call you and be like, <laughs> she'll listen, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Well, mommy, let me know what you think. But, but yeah, it's a tattoo for my, my grandmother, my Wella, who passed a few years ago. And so it has a lot of meaning. Oh and, Yeah. Yeah. I think and, that changes um, it too. Yeah. It's not really aesthetic. It's like more, yeah, meaning. And so trying to figure out how mm-hmm. to do that in a way that, and also she hated tattoos. So it's ironic, you know, like she was definitely not, <laughs> I don't know how many abuelas are into tattoos, you know, but. Yeah, I got, well, my mom kind of begrudgingly accepted the tattoos at first, but then when I got a tattoo with her name, Cecilia, she, she was like, oh, I like oh, that. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Right. Okay. okay. That's sweet. That's work sweet. that angle. Yeah. 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 All right. Should we move into our next song? Let's do it. All right. So the following song that we have is by Lighter Shade of Brown, and it's called Latin Active. Roll the track. Step back and let me activate a lighter sound provided by Jam and James on a flex. Guess what's coming next? A dope rhyme by the DWTX on the mic to engage in a row. Pump the brown sound while I can connect the flow just for you and your crew so you can taste the rhythm from this Latin active race. As it takes control of your body and soul, feel the physical change and you'll be so. You can't stop what starts to take place. Your body starts to groove to the ditty dope bass. That's what happens as you can see. Now let the crew explain the Latin activity. Let's 
historical concept A brown queen knows to break it down in one step So legit the microphone just passed it Right to me the one just chosen to grasp it Just drop the mic that you were holding Cause with the lighter shade of brown I saw a rolling Latina taking over the microphone and rocking the place With a little bit of soul and trouble the bass As I rock your pop and stop and make you dance and have a question Are you still in a trance? And English and Espanol Como quieran your ritmo Well, bounce sus pies y valen al ritmo Hacemos bailar es mi misión Y Latin active es la canción Tell us about this one. Oh yeah, okay. This song I think is the most dancey of their songs. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a party vibe. Um, but my favorite thing about this song is the female MCs version. Yeah, and I was so trying, good. Yeah, I was trying to find information on her, and I couldn't really. I guess I'm, yeah. her name is Teardrop, from what I can tell. But mm-hmm. I tried looking her up, and I couldn't find yeah, any info. Yeah. So she's this like mysterious woman who kills it in this video <laughs> in and this song. like one song. Yeah, totally. I, I didn't find anything about her either. I didn't look super hard. But um, tell us about Lighter Shade of Brown. Lighter Shade of Brown are you know, another, um, they're California folks, right? Chicano hip-hop duo. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if I'm if I'm right, uh, at least one of them has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they're, they're active anymore. Yeah. But they were definitely pretty formative in that genre. Um, uh, on a Sunday afternoon, I think yeah, that's yeah, better probably their more popular song. Yeah, totally. There um, and th- this is another excellent album title. This is from an album called Brown and Proud. Oh yeah, mm. that, that's another song. I, w- I was having a hard time choosing which ones to bring because yeah. I think all the artists that I wanted to concentrate on have at least one or two like super pride bangers. Yes, um, mm. yes, yeah. That Brown and Proud is a really good one. Um, what's the, if there's like a something that they repeat in the chorus that's like a little background track that's really good oh, and I'm I don't totally know, blanking on what it is. a long time. But, but yeah, that's definitely a good one. Yeah, it's y'all should because all of these artists you should check out. You know, they're all artists with like bodies of work, and so we haven't featured a lot of these folks before. So. Um, definitely look them up, check out their discographies. They're, you know, like really influential folks from their time. Um, And, you know, I personally just really, maybe it's because like I came to the U.S. in 1995, which is sort of like, I don't know, like the height of like the emerging hip hop into the mainstream, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I feel, you know, really nostalgic for sort of like 90s hip hop. So I really like that sound is is awesome for me. I love it. Yeah, well, I think for for me too, growing up in the South and growing up so near to Atlanta, mm, there was a mm-hmm. really vibrant hip hop yeah, yeah. scene mm. that even if even if that wasn't necessarily your your thing, mm-hmm. you couldn't help but be influenced by right. it because it was so right. present. And so I was definitely aware and of um of more like Black Power hip hop. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, like Public Enemy, mm-hmm. um, Fight the Power. Yeah. Um, I was really into Dead Prez at the time, mm-hmm, and a lot of mm-hmm. that stuff was actually pretty pretty important to me in my my punk yeah, development. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know for a long time that there was a Brown Power equivalent right, to, that, to right. that. So that was really important to me when I discovered it. It's so amazing when you like find the thing, you know, that you're just like, oh my god, there's like a whole world of this stuff that's like for my people and by my people. Like I was reading also like in your Remestra profile, you were talking about um, about LA tattoos mm-hmm. and and that sort of style of tattoos, and I feel like it's a sort of similar thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. 
yeah, it's where you're sort of you're sort of like scratching the surface, maybe like in a way that's a a few steps removed, and you can sense that there's something there. Mm-hmm. And then when you kind of stumble across it, you're like, oh my god, yes, this is what I've been feeling. This is what I've been working around. And mm. um, and yeah, I definitely felt that way about tattoos, right? Because I was tattooing in this sort of like traditional Americana style, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I know that this is like the standbys yeah, of the yeah. area where I'm working. You know, being in the Northeast, but but I don't feel personally connected to images of clipper ships or this or that um and so starting to see that stuff was like oh okay this makes so much more sense this is yeah you know it doesn't have to be about trafficking in in like tradition or like someone else's idea of what your tradition should be and there's plenty of traditions of your own that you can be a part of yeah um and I mean, another thing that I uh, read about that I was really happy that you um, talked about in your Remezcla profile uh, was about like the connection of an influence of uh, prisoners' arts, right? Like the art that folks do in lockup and like how that's influenced that world. And, and I was just like, was really appreciative of that shout out just because I feel like, I mean, that's the point of prison, mm-hmm. right? To forget about folks, right? So I always, like, love when people, like, give a shout-out to, like, you know, like, folks who are incarcerated are creative and making art yeah. and doing things that actually, like, have huge influences on culture. Absolutely. And that's a big part of what I try to do with my work outside of tattooing mm-hmm. and, and trying to use tattooing as a as a vehicle to talk about those things as well. Um you know, I think I mentioned in that article that a lot of the fly nine black and gray style of tattooing originated in California Mm -hmm. prisons. Um, There's actually a documentary that talks about that. It's called Tattoo Nation. Okay. Um, If people want to check that out. But but yeah, I mean, in the way that I see it, that style of tattooing wouldn't exist the way that it does without disproportionate incarceration of people of color. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly in California, Mm. which has some Mm -hmm. of the harshest sentencing laws around the country. Totally. Um, and, you know, people look at people in the tattoo world and people, I guess, in the art world now also look at magazines like Teen Angels mm-hmm. um, and these sort of prison art collections mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a relic of the past, I think. But it's extremely possible that a lot of those artists that they're looking at are still alive and right. still locked up right, um, right. because of how many life sentences are yeah, remaining yeah. in California. Um, so I think it's really important to me to maintain that connection mm-hmm. and make sure that the, that those images aren't whitewashed as just a cool style right um, and that the 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 connection to the culture is maintained there um because there's there's countless countless artists that are incarcerated today right who still work in that tradition mm-hmm. and i don't want it to be seen as something i mean especially because i live on the east coast right i think people right, understand right. it a little bit better on the west west coast and it's mm-hmm. maybe a more present and part of people's daily lives but um you know, if you're a kid in New York and you just yeah. like the image and you want to yeah, get the yeah. tattoo, I think it's important to be reminded of where it comes from. Totally. Um, but yeah, that's something I try mm-hmm. to do. I, I'm doing a project with Discipline Press now um, that we're put, putting out a, a collection of work by artists who are currently incarcerated. That's awesome. Um, that should be out next month, I think. But we're doing a stationary set to kind of work in that letter writing tradition oh, and try great. to yeah try to emphasize the importance of communication, maintaining yeah, that lifeline, yeah. um, and reminding people that they're not forgotten. Right. And and show people's work. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've also been working at Rikers Island for the last mm-hmm. year. I teach art at Rikers too. So we teach 
tattoo drawings. Oh, so. that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I was looking mm-hmm. through your, um, like, your, like, discipline press stuff, and I was really, I, like, you know, I was looking at, like, the Chicano History Poster Series, mm-hmm. and, like, um, also, like, I sort of love the um, the one project that you have that's, um, it's called Especially Heinous. Oh, <laughs> order yeah (laughs) because so uh I like low-key love law and order even though it's like a fucked up show and like you know whatever (laughs) fuck the police and whatever but I can really get into a crime drama (laughs) yes I love it's my guilty pleasure it really is and it's hard it's hard to just separate yourself especially when you're really interested in like prison abolition and like holding police accountable for their misconduct (laughs) (laughs) yeah then I'm like but what is Elliot Stabler doing this I know, I know, but it's, it's so, and they, they treat, so I think, so that project, if I understand it correctly, is you went along and cataloged all of, like, the, uh, the incidents of, like, kink, as it's, it's yeah. shown there, because it's, like, you know, for, in SVU, in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and it's, um, like, what did you find of, like, how it was, how, like, kink is portrayed? Oh, yeah. Well, I found that it was actually a lot more sex or kink negative than I thought mm-hmm. that it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, my general impression of SVU, problematic though it is, is that they were one of the first shows of that that genre to 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 bring up topics that weren't necessarily being discussed yeah. in that type of media um things like the the dangerousness of trans folks being incarcerated mm-hmm. in the wrong prison mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. correspond to their gender identity um so things like that that sometimes i would be really surprised to see yeah. them addressing yeah. uh but the kink thing is one that even to this day I think is really negatively portrayed. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the two camps mm-hmm. that it falls into is um, someone engaging in something really damaging and right. really kind of like troubling mm-hmm. um, and that being the story arc or yeah. it's a murder that was staged to look like a BDSM right. scene gone awry. Right. <laughs> To, yeah. to throw them I off feel the like track. it's always that. It's always like, oh, this is a murder, but like they make it. So it's like, oh, you know, they were like choking too far. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. people have, like, people in kink, like, have like elaborate consent systems about how to, like, you know, like, also, like, try know. harder. <laughs> try harder to come up with a plot. Yeah. Like, come on. How many times can you use that? Yeah, it's a little it's bit, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, they've done so many episodes since I put that out because that was maybe two or three years ago that mm-hmm. I compiled it and i really want to update it with a second yeah. edition with all the new episodes but all these streaming services now have blocks so you can't screenshot oh. I, did, I did get a hacker friend yeah you <laughs> need to get like somebody who knows about the yeah how to, how to get screenshots I don't, i'm not i'm not your girl wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to our next song the next song is yeah. um by an artist that we have had on this podcast i think probably more than once this is plan b and the song is friquitona <laughs> Yeah. 
persona De cama sutra las posiciones se las sabe toda Friki, friki, tona Por eso friki, friki Yeah, this uh, song is a good yes, one. Yes, tell us about this one. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess this goes back to the Spanglish theme, too. I mean, just the word, frikitona, oh, I think so is an amazing invention. <laughs> yeah, the, that word mm-hmm. is just perfect. Yeah, it's, it's really good, and I feel like that could be almost be like a new term that that yes. women and femmes can adopt right yes. to self-describe um yeah i mean this song is all about this this freaky freaky woman and her insatiable sex drive and i think there's a line where he's like she'll only call you at night if she's horny si está horny um mm-hmm. which i like because he knows that she doesn't need him otherwise. right right it's like otherwise like i, mm-hmm. I don't yeah i don't need you yeah i could i might start stuff IDing as a freaky tona <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. So there was a party in D.C. for a little bit that was a queer Latinx dance party called Friquitona. Amazing. amazing. Oh, that sounds like a fun party. Yeah. And it was at, it, it was amazing. And it was at this um, lesbian bar that at the time was like the long, the oldest still open lesbian bar in the country called Phase One. That was like a hot mess for a lot of reasons, but these two oh, DJs I, were both queer I remember queer Phase and One. I, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> And it's sadly, not there it anymore, closed. right? Yeah. Well, no, it closed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's just sad because, I mean, it's just part of the trend of like, there's just no like queer women's spaces anymore. And now it's like some fucking like fancy hipster bar. Uh, and it had yep. been there since 1971. Oh, the rest and of whatever. That's sad. I know. It's really sad. Yeah, exactly. R.I.P., man. And it, there was a lot of problems with it. You know, totally. it was not uncomplicated. And, like, folks in D.C., like, we didn't really support it because it wasn't... There was a lot of just, like, issues with it. But, I mean, we supported it and, like, did, people weren't like, yeah, let's go to phase one. It was sort of like a nostalgia thing to go there. Right, but, right. But it was an important space. But, yeah, this party was, like, my favorite and... Sadly, it was, like, not very well attended because that's how it is with, like, specifically, like, Latinx-themed parties in D.C., like, in the queer scene. Um, if the if men aren't centered, it's just, like, really hard to get enough people to come out to keep oh, the parties man, going. That's, so, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's, like, my, like, epitome of joy is, like, being at a queer dance party mm-hmm. with, like, Latinx music. Like, that's, like, like yeah. there's, like, no other better thing for me. And it just doesn't... There was a party called Mariquia that was happening like every few months and it hasn't yeah. happened in like a year. Yeah. So it's just sad like that and that people are so intolerant I feel like of of Latinx music. Like okay, Despacito is fine now, but like right. everything oh, else right. is like well, yeah, it all, but you put it all on sounds the same. Else. It all I don't sounds know how to the dance same. I hear that all the uh, time. They're yeah. like, "Oh, that one I know. that one it's like so reggaeton fucking beat. racist." I hate it. Uh, I know. Ugh. As if like, you know, gringo music doesn't have like commonality. Like, come on, shut the fuck up. People say that to me about bachata and I'm just like, you know what? I can't oh, even yeah. tolerate you. Have, like, have you seen that? It is not all the same. There's yeah. a really good meme circulating. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Which it's the one? one that's like the, the gasolina one. And it's like me when like me at other times like gasolina is not the only spanish song like f you racist djs like, <laughs> yes. like play something different and then it's I like know. me when gasolina comes on it's like <laughs> drink, drinking like uh, out of the gasoline can uh, it's true <laughs> i it's have true. seen it i have seen it's it i'm true. like you fucking racist gasolina is not the only thing but i uh, but i'll still I dance to it but when I'm it comes on there's a it. selfie of me and my sisters we were like it was noche buena and we were like trying to like take like a sister selfie in front of like a lot of or whatever and like 
my sisters and my face are okay, but my little sister, who's like actually like 27 now, she's not little, but, <laughs> but my little sister, her face is like, <gasps> and it's because <laughs> gasolina came on at the moment that the selfie yeah. was being taken. Yeah. And it's just like a beautiful thing. Is she now a meme? It's a beautiful because thing. She should be. Maybe we'll meme her for this. <laughs> that was me at this wedding. I went to a wedding in Miami um, at the beginning of the summertime. My friends got married. And and my feet were hurting so bad because I was dancing so much in heels. And I kept, like, <laughs> hobbling off to be like, okay, that's it. I'm, do- I'm no done. More. I'm no done more. dancing. And then Gasolina came on and I was, like, running back being like, okay, <laughs> one more, one more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing about reggaeton, you know? And this song definitely fits that bill for sure. I there are a lot of plan I definitely ran to the dance floor when Gasolina was playing literally last weekend, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> This is an experience that I really just had. <laughs> but, you know, we can, we all contain multitudes. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> we, oh, we were going to bring... I was going to bring the song Candy by Plumbe at some point, and I can't remember now if I actually did or not, but that's another, like, problematic... Yeah. Maybe a, a problematic fave, because it's got some really, <laughs> yeah. like... There's definitely some misogynistic shit, but oh, yeah. it's also kind yeah. of Oh, my God. Amazing. That was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, uh, the problematic fave. Yeah, because <laughs> I almost brought that yeah. In Too Deep song, um, Toss Up. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. We, know. we definitely need to do a round two. There's so many we problematic faves We do need to do a round two. I have a lot of problematic faves. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our next, our last song. Yes. Um, the last song that Tamara brought us is by Proper Dos and it's called Mexican Power. Mexican Power! That's the name of this cut, man. You got something with that hit to stop the check button. Cause I ain't shopping up for no one, not a single soul. Remember me, the local troller going solo when I'm back with the new rap. Show us a fuck that. All we can do is dance around a motherfucking hat. But you were dead wrong. Those days are long because my people are coming up and we're coming up strong. And if you don't believe me, fool, well, that's on you. But don't come crying saying I didn't warn you. This one obviously fits in with the theme. It goes alongside the other two. Um, And Mm -hmm. this was another one that I had a hard time choosing which song to bring because they have another song that is equally good called MFM, which stands Mm. for Motherfucking Mexican. Yes! Um, (laughs) But the thing I like about them and about both of those songs is that they really specifically call out lack of inclusion in the education system. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. lines about like, you know, don't listen to your teacher when she says lies about your culture. Like, we need yes. to get Mexican power education up in here. That's which amazing. I feel 100%. Um, and there is a part in this song, and I was really trying to do a hard lyric search because I didn't know if I was, uh, if this was just, like, willful material. <laughs> but I swear there's a part where he's, like, feminist. And yes. Like, <laughs> Let's just choose to believe yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I could not find it, and I listened to it a bunch of times, and I was like, maybe that's not what he's saying. But I really hope that he's just like shouting stuff out, and he's like, "Yo, 
feminist. Yes. So we also can pretend that that's feminist. the case, yeah. even if it's not. Yeah. We'll we'll just we'll just pretend that that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's I again. I'm so glad that you have brought so much like California Chicana hip hop to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like I love it so much. And yeah, really like it's wild to you know like, this song is from the '90s. And it's wild to think about how relevant it is today. All of that, right? Like, it's still, like, history curriculums are based around, you know, like, white man's history, right? Like, my partner's a teacher, and she teaches social studies, and she's always having to fight against, you know, like, what's tested for people to graduate high school is white man's history. So every time, every moment that you spend teaching stuff that's not that shit, it's moments that you're not helping them pass the test. So it's like a total setup. It's so shitty. And it, it, like in the context of like, you know, like the uh, ethnic studies ban and mm-hmm. in Arizona. And it's just like all so relevant, sadly, still today. So thank you so much for bringing this. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I've been vibing with this stuff so much, especially lately, is mm-hmm. that I think we're all feeling a sense of being overwhelmed and a little bit of powerlessness, even though everyone is really at the same time coming into their power and fighting really hard and and rising Mm -hmm. to the occasion, um, which is really inspiring. But I I find it personally really comforting to look at the the continuing continuum of resistance Mm -hmm. and see that even though things feel really crazy and overwhelming, people have been dealing with the same things right. for a long time, which is simultaneously depressing and but a little comforting. bit fortifying. Yeah. 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 Like, people like, have done it in the past. We can do it too. Right. Like our folks have survived so much. Like there's, and we're like literally descended from the survivors of so much fuck shit. Like we can, we got this. I've been thinking about that specifically. I was just saying that to one of my clients earlier today like, you know, seeing a lot of people really reclaiming indigeneity and connecting yeah, with their yeah. roots. And, and there is something something to knowing that you are here because of resistance right. and survival. Totally. Totally. Well, this is so awesome. Thank you so, so much for being here, Tamara. We, I really yeah. enjoyed this. I'm so happy to be here. Seriously, when you guys asked me, yeah. I was so <laughs> thrilled. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is totally like a fan dream come true yes. and uh, clearly like we should all be friends so <laughs> let's yeah. make that happen yeah yes. let's make that happen IRL friends. yeah <laughs> awesome um but yeah your yeah your work is super lovely I mean I, just so you know like people in DC like your the fact that the kind of work you do like tattoo work you do the politics like who you are like even my folks in DC like know of your work and my friends who are like looking for tattoo artists oh like, no way I mentioned you and they're like oh yeah totally yeah totally. that is so people, cool to like, hear want it yeah, so your work really like transcends even your community and people. Um, yeah, you tattooed just, actually support you. our mutual friend Stephanie, Stephanie Alvarado. Oh, oh my yeah. God, yes. Yeah. She is it so was a flower, cool. I think, she right? She is yeah. super fucking fierce. Yeah. And if I ever get my shit together around the tattoo I want, I'll totally come to you. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> so. I really would. I I have been so happy lately. My clientele is amazing. Like, like that's mm, the best. My clientele is pretty much, is almost all like, like, POC, like Latinx, like queer, mm. trans folks, like everyone is, Aww. and everyone is like just totally excellent. Like a really hardworking activist or like a really impressive student or like just so rad and down. And like, I'm so, I'm so happy that. to meet them. That's so great. 
Um, well, thank you so, so much for joining us and for taking like part of this like weird, gross, rainy day to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> going to go to a show after this at the Museo del Barrio to go see Princess yes, Nokia. Yes, yes. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, all of the information from today's show, as always, will be on RadioMenea.com. All of the songs and we'll make sure to post both some of Tamara's work or tattoo work and, and discipline press and also the profile from Remesca which is really cool and you should check out and totally. um, and yeah and as always you can follow us on Instagram on Facebook on Twitter we're at Radio Menea and all those places and if you haven't reviewed us either on iTunes or wherever you listen please do it helps us out a lot and we have an exciting announcement, which is that we are going to be at the Porcasterio Fest on November 19th in Los Angeles. Yes. That's a bunch of amazing Latinx podcasts that are all getting together. And tickets are already should already be available by the time this goes out. And hopefully they won't be gone. It's free, but you do have to register because it's a limited space. So mm-hmm. check out... Um, our show notes for info about that but we would love to meet you LA folks and whoever's can come through it's going to be really super fun yeah that's right so um, again thank you so much Tamara for being here everybody go check out her work follow her social media we'll link to that as well Um, Mm -hmm. and hasta la próxima ciao bye In the ocean, and say that Creole in my body's like a Porsche. I can be a beast, or I can give you emotion. Please don't question my devotion. I've been giving birth on these haters cause I'm fertile. See these double C's on his back, murder. One more double D's in his bed, murder. If you really love me, make an album about me, murder. Soon as I walk in, boys start they talking. Right as that booty sway, Slay. lift up your people. Texas, Puerto Rico, Milans to Mexico. Three. 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 Three.